All right, all right, all right. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. The way we do that is focus in on each year, giving it five episodes. Each host picks their favorite movie of that particular year. Then we talk about the movie that won the Academy Award for Best Picture. And then we talk about the Razzie, but that one's just for shiggles. Uh, I am Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by my intrepid co-host... I'm Mark, and I did not order that keg outside, Dad. Uh, and I'm Chad, and I'm wondering what shiggles are. Cool. Um, so, what, you, Tell me what shiggles are. Shiggles? Oh, shits and giggles. That's what I thought, just making sure. Yeah, well, I'm, well we, you're right. Uh, this is a podcast focused primarily on learning. Um, and so we definitely need to teach our audience and shingles is something that I guess we do need to make sure we explain what it is. So everybody's on the same page. Um, shingles on the other hand are, is a, is a dangerous disease. Right. Um, yes. Um, cause this is a podcast focused on learning. Um, we're going in alphabetical order serious. starting with shingles and then going right. on to shingles and so on. It's completely serious. No jokes. All business serious about movies um we only pick the best movies we don't pick movies we love we pick critically acclaimed masterpieces and we will never cover a blockbuster or so help me like Um, if you're expecting to hear something like jennifer's body at some point pick another podcast okay if you think we're gonna cover something that's targeting me if you think we're gonna cover something that's blockbuster and mainstream like jurassic park then (laughs) go back to last week when we covered Jurassic Park. We are rebranding this week. Critically We're rebranding this only. particular way. Critically acclaimed. Uh, we don't even like any movie we're going to talk about from here on out. We are just going down the list of what my friend Brian told me to watch. And Brian knows all the best movies. Brian sounds like a really cool dude. Yeah, he was like, hey, Citizen Kane. The Godfather. Um, Fight Club. Fight Club. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, uh, Reservoir Dogs. There will be blood. And I was like, dude, all those movies sound like super heavy. I just want to hit that new Transformers flick. And Brian looked at me and he said, if if you want to watch movies in this neighborhood, you better get your shit together and go watch Citizen Kane. If you don't tell me what the fuck Rosebud is within the next three hours, I'm going to kick your ass. And so, I mean, that's just what I had to do. He was like Transformers, more like Transfarters. And I was like, that doesn't seem like a very critically acclaimed joke. And he was like, you're a critically acclaimed joke. And I was like, fuck, Brian. You're so smart. At least the critics like you. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah you're, not well, a big, you're not a big hit with the audiences, but you know. I know. It was very confusing. I was very conflicted it's on what he said. It's a confusing bullying like, sesh, for sure. <laughs> but I was like... Speaking oh. of confusing <laughs> bullying sessions... Well, we still have to get through the part where we talk about other movies. We are off to a weird start. But we're talking about Daisy Um, Confused eventually. Right. Um, So, But before that, I want to talk to you guys. Have you seen any movies this uh, over the past two weeks? Because we love movies. We hit that theater all the time. Mark, have you seen any movies? I recently watched the film Love and Mercy, which is uh, about my second favorite band from the 60s, The Beach Boys. Well, third favorite if you count the wonders from that thing you do, but they're fictional. Those are the uh, Oneaters. Oh, I'm sorry, the Oneaters. What about the monkeys? Um, the monkeys—they just monkey around. 
<laughs> good one. I don't know any other band from the 60s. I mean, I'm sure I do, but like I can't think of any. You so, definitely sure. do. The Rolling Stones? I 100% do. Yeah. Herman's yeah, yeah. Hermits? Okay. The Bee Gees? The Zombies, they were a thing, right? I mean, She's zombies were a thing. Were they Were they 60s, though? They I don't, sound I don't know 60-ish. Music. Probably. I don't know. Maybe they were 70s. Here's the thing. My pop culture blind spot truly is music. Um, we're movie boys. We're movie boys and TV boys and even video game boys I'm more up on. And comic um, book boys. Defo comic book boys. Comic but book music? Maybe. No, uh, no. Co- that's no. copyrighted, no. Kevin. We didn't no. mean it. Copyright. Kevin, Kevin, don't yeah, sue us, yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Please. We, we oh. were allegedly comic book <laughs> so you can't oh, sue us okay. we well, said allegedly. Now, I'll bleep it out twice now. I just, I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Kevin sorry, Smith. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Smith is notoriously hey, Kevin litigious. can wait, okay? We got a <laughs> podcast to do. Kevin Smith is very litigious, which is how he has so much money to buy hockey shirts that he just puts random fucking logos on. Did you hear um, that? Did you hear what he's doing with his money now? Probably just shitting on it. He opened up a humane society and he called it "All Dogs Go to Kevin." Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> I am angered by that. Okay, so Mark, tell me about Love and Mercy. Um, it's about Brian Wilson, who is like. The guy who wrote all of the Beach Boy songs and like made most of the Beach Boy songs and uh, like at the end, like their last album was called Pet Sounds and it was like super like um, influential. Like it was like basically the Sgt. Peppers of the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. but everyone hated it at the time and they lost all their money. And also Brian Wilson went kind of insane. Yes, um, I have so the movie that. is half about that, and it's half set twenty years later in the eighties, where Brian Wilson is played by a different actor. Um, Interesting. And he had he's like been through like a really like rough like, uh, he has schizophrenia, and he has like this doctor who's like kind of controlling his life and is also like a huge asshole. Um, and mm-hmm. it's about him like. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is like, I'm in love with you and I'm going to rescue you from Paul, Giam- Paul Giamatti. Um, which, honestly, I would love Elizabeth Banks to rescue me from Paul Giamatti. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, do they go into the part where Brian Wilson is buddy-buddy with Charles Manson for a couple minutes? Um, uh, not that I know of. Okay, probably not. But that's a weird fact. Like, Charles Manson, like, went to Brian Wilson's house, like, a bunch. Um, read a Charles Manson book. That's a fun fact about me. Um, um, Cody, have you seen any movies? Yep. Yeah, so I saw Mother this weekend. The controver- the most controversial film you'll ever see in theaters. Mother Buy your or tickets now. Mother, or as Mike Pence calls it, my wife. <laughs> my wife. Ooh. Um, okay, what's been so going on with Mike Pence? Just cliff notes, because I've, I've seen him with Mother being he, mentioned so online. I don't know what happened. He made a comment a couple months ago where he was like, I don't call my wife anything but mother. What? And everyone was like, what the fuck, Mike Pence? Your children are adults, we think. Right. He, We're not yeah. sure if you even have kids. He refers so, to so his wife. I hope you have kids. Like he says, hey, mother, can you um, yes. come here? Yeah. And uh, I don't know what Mike Pence would be asking his mother wife to do. but um, Probably to, c- to be quiet and go to the kitchen. Ooh. Yeah. Because Mike Pence is the sexist, not you, right? Yes, yes, okay. yes. To right, be clear, right, right. to be clear. Yeah. 
Um, no, he probably would be like, hey, mother, come here. Do you want to electroshock therapy some gays with me? Um, nice. Because that's the other that's thing That's what mother he does. says back to him is nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing some political comedy. We're taking them down. We're taking. You know, because that, that's, that's the best way to get these guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bully is, them. Is a, is a fucking podcast about days and confused. Is We've the, taken, the best way. That's, we're, gonna, we're finding Trump where he's going to go is a days and confused right. podcast. He right, listens right, into right. that ten times out of ten. Right, we've yeah. taken hard stances against Mike Pence, against Charles Manson, <laughs> yep. against Kevin Smith. <laughs> true, 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 true. We're really pushing a lot of buttons today. We really are. So anyway, I saw Mother. It's um, I don't know. The marketing for it sucked a lot because it made it seem like a much different movie than it is, and it's not that. And I don't know. I'll probably get hate on the internet and stuff like that because, like, if you don't, if you say you don't like it, people say you don't get it. I promise, guys, <laughs> I understand exactly what the entire movie is about. I got it. Understood it the minute I watched it. Understood the entire allegory because I was being hit over the head with a fucking hammer the whole time with it. Like, I get it. Like, I know. I know what it is. And I and and I think I like it okay. I think it just makes me roll my eyes a decent amount. Um, it's are, fine. So it's, are we taking a hard stance against Darren Aronofsky now? No, no, because no, I like some of his stuff. I truly do. But uh, this movie, it's just like, uh, okay, cool. Like, uh, it's, it's fine. It's just I, I can see it on the horizon. I, I, like, I see the foresight of this is going to be one of those movies that I think is pretty good, but the people who are super obsessed with it I'm going to fucking hate, I think. To be, um, to be fair, literally that's every... that's something I do a lot. Every person that I've seen talk about it has been like, I don't know if I like this or not. It which was a lot good. of like, what the fuck did I just see? Right, which which that that's fine. And like, that's a, that's a fair reaction. But like, if it has kind of a fight club resurgence thing where people love it, love it for the wrong reasons and just are obnoxious about it. I could see a similar thing happening because that's how I feel about that movie. I think it's a brilliant movie. I think it's well-made. I think it's good. That sort of thing. But Hey, can you just wait like five years so we can, so we talk about that? I don't think it's anybody's pick is the problem. Um, is it not? I don't think so. Um, no. so, so like it, and just the people who are hyper obsessed with that, it can be annoying. I think Deadpool is fine people who think that's the greatest like movie that's ever existed that's like that's hard for me personally personally it's all cody like focused stuff like love what you love that's what this podcast is about but anyway unless it's fight club or deadpool or no like all those things i like all those things what cody's saying is like what you like and don't talk to cody about it basically (laughs) kind of um like your things over there yeah, like your things over there. I just there there there's such a thing as like film nerd and film Twitter and stuff like that, which I love most of the time, but sometimes can like hop on a particular train of thought and get super obnoxious. And so I try to like not do that. And and I just see like Mother is one of those movies where like oh you could spend an hour and a half dissecting it in a film class, so I could see it becoming one of those just obnoxious movies. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. Uh, Chad, what movie did you see recently? And I think it's a movie we all saw. Oh, I saw it. Oh, you, did you say I think it's a movie we all saw? 
Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> Spoiler alerts. Okay, God, I asked you guys specifically not to do this. Are, aren't, aren't you curious what I mean by by when when I when I said I saw it? Aren't yeah, you Chad, what did you see? I saw it. S- saw what? It. Audience, Third be aware that I specifically Mark, Mark, asked them not to do that. You're confused. The movie I saw was called It. Stephen King was called it? what? It. But who's on second? I don't know. <laughs> I literally looked them both in their eyes and said, "Boys, make me make me a blood promise." Right now, <laughs> that we don't do this fucking bit. And but we are, I, I haven't looked Cody in the eyes in literal months. All Same three of Chad. us are in different time zones, and so we okay. just had no way to make a blood coven about it. Or right, that's true. It. That's true. So. It is harder. We would have to like mail the blood to each and other. That's just I think that's a federal crime. Right. Is it illegal right. to, su- to send your own blood? It should be. <laughs> yeah, if it's not, it's. Sh- I'm it trying def- to think of a situation where, like, you would need to. <laughs> There's not, Chad. There's not. <laughs> like, let Red Cross do their thing. <laughs> they can transport all the blood. Uh, but yeah, I saw it. But I saw it in um, 4D experience. Smell o vision. There was smell o vision. Um, <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I showed up. I spent twenty five dollars on this ticket. Why God? And why? Because it was a 4D experience. But here's the thing: it was technically a 3D experience. It was just a different kind of 3D because I wasn't even wearing 3D glasses. And I find out when I show oh. up for the movie. Wait, what? Yeah, it was just the the seats moved, and there were uh, effects. Like, oh my gosh, when it rained, it rained on us, and it was incredible. Oh. That's pretty cool. So, Are like, you the sure movie you didn't. Are you sure you didn't go to the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids ride? 100%. Um, (laughs) Accidental reference to uh, American Vandal, which is amazing, and everyone should watch it. Um, 100%. Yes, everyone should. Anyway. Um, Anyways, yeah, the movie starts, and it starts with a scene of rain. And so I start feeling water dripping down on my face, and it's getting me wet. And I'm having to, like, clean off my glasses. And I'm just wondering, like, what have I gotten myself into? I'm too immersed. This is going to be really scary. And yeah, the camera movements all like, e- even in scenes where the the kids were just riding their bikes through the neighborhood, like we would feel right. the wind in our face and like, Jesus, yeah, it was amazing. The, that the, seems like a lot. It was a lot, but it was like it really immersed you in the movie. The uh, I'm gonna. This isn't like really a spoiler. But, um. Mm, be kind of careful. I mean, it's a book that's been out since the 80s, right. and there was a miniseries in the 90s, so there's some things you at, can. Right. At some point in the movie. If it's movie, a specific scare, I don't know if I I'm would, not talking about a specific scare. This. It's um, okay. You're in okay. the middle of a scene, and uh, mm-hmm. Pennywise has been there for a while, uh, so okay. he's not jumping out and scaring you or anything. Um, but spoiler alert, he does sometimes. Um, <laughs> he does sometimes. <laughs> so there's a scene in the movie where the kids are all like, uh, attacking him and hitting him. There's a couple of these scenes. When that okay. happened, um, did like, someone come out and hit you in the face? <laughs> well, no. The like in our in my back, there was like it felt like I got hit with a crowbar through the seat. <laughs> Shit! And it was what? it was yeah. It was just like it was beating us up as Pennywise was getting beat up, and it just got no. me really confused about who I was supposed to be identifying with in the scene. 
But that is confusing. That was my only critique of the 4D experience. It was all immersive and awesome. And they had clown smell. Which what yeah, is you, clown you smell? told us that there would be clown smell. What do yeah. clowns smell like? That was one of the big like marketing things of the 4D experience was the clown smell. And mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was like it's hard to describe, but it was like <laughs> dry. The cleanest and dirtiest thing I think I've ever smelled. Like <laughs> dirty mop water, probably. Okay, okay. It was like yeah, like cleaning supplies, but also like get that away from me because it's gross. And Gee, so, interesting. Yeah. Um. Well, other than the 4D experience, how was the movie? Oh, it was great. I loved it. It was very scary. I loved all the characters. The child performances were amazing, and I really look yep. forward to seeing who they cast as these kids as adult. And spoiler alert: Part two of right. It, it, it the the next movie takes place 27 years later. Right. Which and we know that. Personally, I would cast uh, Amy Adams as Beverly, but that's the only one I've really made up my mind. I've for. seen people say Jessica, Jessica Chastain. Chastain. It's a hundred percent going to be Jessica Chastain. Like it Think hasn't so? been official yet. Uh, the director's first movie, which was Mama, which I don't love, oh, okay. but it starred Jessica Chastain. Yeah, that and makes her sense, and then. that young girl look similar enough. They're too. like straight up twins. I think yeah. she looks so, more like Amy Adams, but I I agree. Here's the thing: Jessica Chastain and Amy Adams. Look kind exactly of look similar. Like, yeah, they yeah, look very exactly. similar. Um, it is my favorite movie of the year so far. So uh, we'll see if it stays that way because there's a lot of year left. But uh, I like love. I mean, it, 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 it's it was been... truly a movie made like it's everything I love in a movie. So I think, like, of course, that helped. It's been a damn good horror year. Like, I just keep geeking out about Pretty how good. many good mo- horror movies we've had. And Pretty good. Yeah, it was probably top of my horror list. My letterbox yes. might say something else, but I don't right. think so. No, I. Yeah, Do you have I, your own list for horror. No, it's just like in the top in the top list. Oh, okay. Just okay. like of all the horror movies in my. T- oh, Get Out is my number one actually. So never mind. See, it's above Get Out for me, but I love Get Out as well. Um, the. I don't know. I just think it's great. It's also insane that it came out in September and it was the third highest opening of the entire year. That's insane. Yeah, isn't it the like best like September opening of all time or something? It set a record every day that it was out. That's crazy. Which is unreal. And it, a lot of them were September and horror records. But still, the only movies that did better in the opening weekend were Beauty and the Beast and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Jeez. Like, that's it. Which is insane. Was Beauty and the Beast this year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just was what? early. It was like March. Yeah, it was like hmm. February March. Seems like years ago. I know. I, I, like, truly, I saw it so long ago. Um, okay, so <laughs> we talked a lot about movies we had seen this yes. past week. Um, so let's get into the actual movie we're discussing um, this week. It's Chad's pick, but we'll um, we'll get into it. Let's set the scene. The year is 1993. It is August 25th. Walker, Texas Ranger premieres on television sets, and in cinemas... Another Texas-focused feature is shown, and that is the motion picture Days and Confused, which is Chad's pick for the best picture of 1993. Your segues Chad, are the best. Yeah, they, you got the best great. segues. <laughs> to be clear, this movie didn't premiere on August 25th. This podcast premiered on August 25th. What? No, it doesn't. Walker, it Texas Ranger premiered 25th. on August 25th. Yeah. Th- no, this podcast comes out on August 25th. 
No, it comes um, out September 25th. We are recording 25th. it on my September birthday next week. 18th. Oh. My birthday is September 25th, and that is when this episode drops. Shit. Mark, I thought you were doing it based on when the movie was released, which is why I read it like that. Anyway, no, it, we have it, everything together here, guys. It is. It is. So, Walker Ticket Stranger did premiere on September 25th. I just put it in the document wrong. Oh, God. Oh, okay, it, it so premiered on September 25th? It did. <laughs> Okay, Cody, start over from the 1993 fact. It's September 25th, 1993, Walker, Texas Stranger. Premiere is also in cinema in 1993. Also in cinema, maybe at this time. I don't know. Another Texas thing, Days and Confused. We are apparently Days and Confused at the moment. Somebody's Um, smoking the reefer. Somebody. It's just wafting in from every uh, vent. I was trying to think of where things wafted in from, and I guess probably are the best options. Windows, yeah. windows from the windows to the wall to the wall, reefers and my balls. Reefers Slide. drops down my balls. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'll uh, work on it. <laughs> we'll workshop it. Okay. So, um, Mark, had you ever seen this movie before? I have. Yeah, actually, the first time I saw it was earlier this year. One of my friends wanted me to watch it, so I watched it. Um, but never, never before this very year. And then twice Our, in the same year, which is weird to me. That's pretty weird. I have never seen this movie before. Um, I watched it for the first time for this podcast and I had opinions on it. Um, but we won't get distracted, um, by that right now. Um, Chad, you brought this movie to us. I did. Um, yeah. Have so, it, so you've seen it before, obviously. Right. I had seen it for the first time uh, in college. It was either sophomore or junior year. Um, my friend Timothy, who like adores this movie, he thinks it's the his quote, the best movie of the 1990s, um, which mm. I think it's the best movie in 1993. Um, apparently. Well, <laughs> spoiler alert for the yeah. end of the episode. I don't. Well, um, I think it's well, I think because it's it was my movie pick of the 90s. For, it was my pick it for is 1993, your pick. so it, it is stands, your pick. It, it is stands your pick. as my favorite. Okay, I, I would have okay. picked it before right, Jurassic right. Park too. So, if I had first pick, I would have still picked this movie. That's what I'm saying. Um. Anywho. <laughs> anyway, that that's at the end. That's not right now. Go. Yeah, that's for the end. We we vote after we discuss, and I convince you that it's a good movie, even though you don't think that it is. Um, I am the tiebreaker, <laughs> and I will keep my opinion quiet until the end. Cool, yeah, cool. yeah. Mark, Mark, for real, maybe will be the deciding factor of this episode. Um, anyway, so you had seen it before. You like it so, a lot. Yeah, I like it a lot. I relate to it in a lot of different ways. Some ways from my high school experience. Some ways from my college experience. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just a. I think it's a great movie that talks about a lot of things and it does it well. All right, so let's get into it. It's um, so the movie, you know, is Days and Confused, directed by Richard Linklater, um, who had directed the movie Slacker in 1990. Uh, seems to be pretty similar to Days and Confused. It's also set in Austin. It's more vignette-y, I think is vignette is not a word, but it's, it, it sounds like Yeti, and it's it's not great, right? It, it it it's made up of a lot more vignettes than Days and Confuses, which I would still argue that like. Days and Confused is kind of a vignette movie, not I think to the same degree, but it's I think a that, bit of a vignette movie. I don't think that Slacker had like a ton of like I think it had more characters in that like it kind of like every vignette was about a different character, mm-hmm. right, right? Less right. connections uh, between or if any, I don't think there were any. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, right. Other than um, like Austin, so, Texas being 
the right right yeah um the glue. so so mark you have in the notes here that he went to sundance and was nominated for the grand jury prize was that for slacker that was for slacker for yeah slacker okay um so then he goes on and he's he's an acclaimed director to this day he directed the before trilogy so before sunrise sunset midnight um which i haven't seen yet but i actually like legitimately want to watch those a lot um boyhood was his big movie i've heard kind of mixed things about that but i hear mostly good things um directed bernie which is actually like a movie i dig quite a bit i I adore that movie Bernie is very good. Um, and then he directed School of Rock, which is insane to me. Uh, maybe because I don't remember School of Rock that much, but it does. It seems like the odd one out. It it this. very much is like the the exception to all of his movies because all of his movies are like large, like not necessarily improvised, but kind of like low key and like just conversational and not mm-hmm. plot driven. Yeah. Um. And School of Rock is like it's very like plot heavy in a not like it's not like heavily plotted but like every scene but like yeah, drives I the mean, plot there's, there's the goal of like the battle of the bands there's like that driving thing that's like pushing the story along whereas days and confused is more like drive around and go to a kegger yeah right yeah um he also directed the movie everybody wants some which came out last year and or maybe the year before mark uh, it came out in 2016. It's like a. It's considered a spiritual sequel to Days and Confused. So Days and Confused is about kids in high school, mm-hmm. and Everybody Wants Some is about kids in college in the 80s. And so instead right. of the 70s, it's the 80s. Instead of high school, it's college. But they're still baseball players, and then it's still mostly them. Just like it's literally them waiting for the first day of. It's like from move-in day for the baseball team to the beginning of like the first day of classes. That's actually pretty interesting because that is kind of like an interesting time as when you move in, but like classes haven't started yet. Yeah. And it's like it's a it's a freshman moving into mm-hmm. like the, the baseball house. So like he's right, moving into it. a team of guys that all know each other. Um, It's I I love that movie. Yeah, I love Days and Confused, but I think uh, that everybody wants some is just like. I don't know. I feel like it succeeds in ways Days and Confused doesn't. It's just like. I adore uh, Everybody Wants Some in a way that Days and Confused I just love, if that makes sense. Well, I, and I, I think... And I think <coughs> go ahead, Mark. I was gonna. I was just going to say that I think Everybody Wants Some is a little bit more focused. Like, mm-hmm, it's yeah. it's kind of about one character who's new to the scene. And it, like, also, the whole thing is kind of, like, him trying to figure out what his... Like, what the point of what he's doing is. Like, kind of, like, what is what is my life going to be? And so like every scene is kind of like thematically connected mm-hmm. while Daisy Confused is all kind of disjointed in a way that's intentional, I think, but well, based on the title, taste, I would probably agree. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I, I think also too, you're looking at a director's like most recent movie and like his second one. So he's definitely like matured in directing and writing style. Yeah. Um, which probably like lends itself to like being really well made because, you know, I haven't seen Slacker obviously, but I, th- if you had told me that this was his first movie, it would make a lot of sense. It feels like a director's first movie to me. Like that. And that's not like a negative, like diss on it. It just feels 
there's an energy to it that feels kind of like this is their first shot at something. They very specifically want to tell one kind of story rooted in experience, that sort of thing. I mean, I don't know if you guys have watched any like early Cameron Crowe, um, but it but it feels very similar to that. Um, what what are early Cameron Crowe movies? So I that I've heard am of. <clears throat> I'm of course gonna forget the names of them all. Um, what was Cameron Crowe's first movie? Oh, Say Anything um, was his first movie. I straight up thought that was a John Hughes movie. No, it is not. And all the like box art you see for it kind of make you think that's what it is. Yeah. But then when you watch that movie, it has such a different feeling to it. Huh. Um, so early Cameron Crowe. I'm trying to look up the main one that I'm thinking of. It's Jerry Maguire isn't early, is it? No, 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 no. Singles. Uh, singles was the one I was thinking of. Um, singles very much feels like this movie in a way. It's very much like focus on a huge cast of characters. They're all just like trying to figure out how they are going to go through life. Like it's, it's very similar. And that was his second movie. Fast times at Richmond high was written by Cameron Crowe. And that movie yeah. is a lot different from this, but it, it's similar in approach. I think um, it's high school kind of vignette um, so, so, so it does Stop feel kind vignette-y. of, I know, I'm sorry. Um, it, it, it feels like an, it feels like a director of this time period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His first movie. Um, I think it's so, uh, um, Linklater says that like he wanted to make it kind of like he, the idea behind it was kind of like a response to John Hughes movies and kind of like the opposite direction where he was like mm-hmm. John Hughes movies, like. It, like, ends in this really emotional point where, like, a crisis happens and all the characters are changed at the end. Whereas, like, I intentionally made it so, like, there wasn't a huge car wreck at the end. There wasn't, like, a a big ordeal. It was just, like, the night ended and they went on to do the next thing. Right, right. And I think a lot of those early 90s movies were... Because I would argue, like, Cameron Crowe was also kind of a response to John Hughes. And even Kevin Smith... Like, as much as yeah. I don't necessarily love Kevin Smith, early Kevin Smith is kind of a response to this, too, where they're like, hey, all that drama's not real. This is what's real, is just, like, living life and that sort of thing, which is interesting, but it mm-hmm. also tracks that I wouldn't necessarily love this movie because I'm obsessed with John Hughes. <laughs> um, so, like, I mean, it tracks, like, because he is kind of, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what I want to see in a high school movie. And this is very much a rejection of that. Um, so so let's kind of talk about the plot. Um, it's kind of going to be all over the place, but that's kind of how the movie is, like, set up. Right. Um, so we're kind of just going to, like, focus on some of the big characters and kind of, like, talk about what they do throughout the movie. Um, so, so the movie follows uh, lots, like three main groups of kids basically um and they kind of like interact and like shift around and stuff like that but it's um nerds uh and stoners just trying to have fun um then you have the cool seniors who are being bullies and just trying to get girls then you have incoming freshmen uh trying to avoid their bullies Mm -hmm. and they're all doing this as they celebrate the end of the school year in 1976 in austin texas yeah, so so the 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 school year ends and it's just them kind of like trying to figure out what to do in the summer like mm-hmm. 
there's there's no p- big party plans, so they're just kind of like kind of feeling out the the feeling of the night. Well, there a lot was of the a movie. party planned, um, and then it got canceled. yeah. So there there was a party planned, but uh, the kegs arrived when the parents were still home, and the parents were like, "We're not going to leave anymore." Was that uh was that Pink's parents or was that that was Pink's parents? No, right? no, no, it wasn't else. Pink's parents. No. It was Kevin's parents. Yes, yes. that's right. Um, yes, too many characters. Yeah. Yes, too, too many characters. A lot of characters, um, not enough names. <laughs> right. Um, so there's basically three mi- main time periods that this movie is like focused in. It's very much like three separate sections of the movie, too. Um, so you, you have them getting out of school, and this is when basically the hazing ritual happens, which uh, or hazing rituals multiple happens, right. which I find kind of weird because that's not really a high school thing but yeah so i've heard that this actually happens in texas or at least it used to actually happen in texas so so in the movie the all of the rising seniors are like they kind of like go to the middle school and they're like all right rising freshmen we're gonna beat the shit out of you Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make it like hell next year let's get this started now yeah (laughs) yeah um so like it's a it's a weird tradition of like the the guys have paddles and hit the hit the younger guys on the butt, and the girls um psychologically torment each other. Yeah, th- so this is where yeah. Cody decides maybe this movie isn't for me because <laughs> the 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 bullying is very hard in of itself. Uh-huh. But but that's one level. Like I'm definitely not a fan of that. And like these are our main characters that we're supposed to be rooting for. At least some of them. Like Pink. Pink is the main character. I would argue. I mean, I think it's. I would agree. I think he is. Yeah. Um. And he's a jock, and he's a senior, and we see him and his friends are the ones kind of leading the bullying against these freshmen. So th- that in of itself is kind of hard for me right away. And I'm like, okay, but maybe. But then the stuff with the girls very much pulls me out of it because it's not like there isn't violent, like hitting bullying is bad. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But what the girls do is like very sexually degrading. Like they they make they make girls like get on their knees. They spray them with shit. They make them walk over to senior boys. They spray them with they would do with whipped cream, ketchup, mustard, and they crack eggs on them, and they drop flour on them. It's right. like too much. But then they, but then they make them walk over to senior boys and tell the boys, "I would do anything for you." And the guys get to make like uh, open your mouth wider jokes and stuff like that. Right. So this is where I'm, I'm texting you guys at this moment, being like, "Hey boys, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna like, legitimately." Uh, well let me preface it by this the movie gets me back on board a little bit uh with the second and third like sections i still don't necessarily love it but like i was kind of out completely in the first one and if we hadn't been watching it for the podcast there's a decent chance i would have turned it off i'm glad i didn't Mm because there is good stuff later but at this point i'm just like ah this is not for he, me at all he, here's the thing is like i think your your reaction to the bullying is like the right reaction like i don't think we're supposed to think like ah oh, these guys are so cool for telling her to open her mouth wider or like whatever i think we're supposed to be like seeing the flawed nature of it i know mike one of the nerds has like a line 
where it's just like he's just talking about how messed up this all is and how the he he says something along the lines of like the whole town just like sort of lets this happen maybe not directly but like the parents aren't here there's concessions here um is mike the the woody allen one or is he the other one He's the eyebrows. The red. He's the redhead. Okay. Or no, 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 no. Uh, so if it's the Woody Allen one, that's that's not the redhead. That's eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Eyebrows. Okay. Because the one, one of them just kind of like, uh, he talks like Woody Allen, and he's also like neurotic and kind of like, um, he has a lot it's... of similar similarities with Woody Allen, and just like the way he talks and like the, just like the way he like rambles and just kind of like just talks to stay sane kind of i believe right, that's that, that... tony okay no no it's new Shit. house he's played by adam goldberg okay. um yeah, 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 uh, adam mike goldberg. mike is adam goldberg mike what? newhouse mike newhouse oh, okay yeah but, yeah okay. but you were talking about um, someone else tony is the redhead who is also a nerd friend right okay yeah we're on the same page yeah, I think um, I don't know so, if the audience is sure. right, but so okay, th- yeah. I, I eyebrows points out <laughs> that um, it's all messed up. This whole town is letting it happen. Um, Jody, the sister of um, Mitch, the freshman, mm-hmm. um, played okay, so, by so, Parker Posey. Right. She, yeah. So let, let's explain some of the other characters. There's Mitch, this freshman who is like right. the star pitcher on the baseball team, and his sister, who is a senior, asks that the bullies go easy on him and they do right. the opposite. Exactly. And so Mitch, I would Jody, consider Mitch the, the second main character of this. Yeah. And yes. I would have said Mitch before we, before you said pink, but I sort of see both. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Uh, okay. I, I kind of see like Mitch, Mike and, uh, and pink all as like main characters in a way. Well, they're main Agreed. characters they're in their own stories. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. they, they are the only characters that have like, Kind Arms. of like climactic things happen at the end, yes. right? Um, um, but anyways, Jody has this line where she's talking to a freshman girl, and because um, she's like hazing, but she's sort of like nicer about it. Like she's not calling the other girls bitches, and she's um, uh, she's just sort of going through the motions just because she's become complacent to the idea that this is just what you do when you're a senior, even though that's like messed up. And she says, she says to one of the freshman girls, like. I did the same thing when I was a freshman. You'll do the same thing when you're a senior. It's fine. And so we get this idea of like this cyclical nature of high school being like this place where like people turn into horrible people almost. Well, but it also like it also allows for this like big brother, big sister kind of relationship because the girl that she is bullying, she also ends up like hanging out with the rest of the night and introducing to all of her friends and um mitch mitch starts hanging out with his bullies as well um and he like doesn't even resent most of them there is and like so what's the what who who did we say was the main character oh uh pink Pink. yeah pink pink yeah pink when he when he goes to like spank mitch or whatever god it's um he like just kind of like taps him he's like just like goes easy because he like Mm -hmm doesn't actually want to hurt people. Right. Um, I don't... Yeah, I mean, all those things, yes, the cyclical nature and all of that stuff makes sense to me, but I yeah. I think we are supposed to find it amusing, and that's what I think hard rubs me the wrong way. It's considered a comedy. I think so. I think we're supposed to find it amusing, but also unsettling. I don't know, guys. I, I really do think 
I, I I think we're just supposed to be like, ah, eh, that's how that's how they're all gonna be. No, that's like, I know, think that's, that's like how kids are gonna be kids. I think it's and exactly, like that's not a big deal. I think it's exactly the opposite. I think the town sees it that way, but we as an audience in our unsettled, uh, this isn't how it should be. Like the the reaction you're having to it is like the correct reaction, but I think that that's the intended reaction for the movie is that we're supposed to see this <sighs> as like maybe it shouldn't be cyclical, maybe bullying should be stopped maybe people should be better than so uh, i mean maybe but, but wait, how's it going to stop is... there's a cyclical nature it's like this hopeless everyone sucks here's why and there's no getting out of it that, so of here, like... here's that, here's my take on it we we followed it's not like we follow with the bullies and sympathize with the bullies only because we're also following this kid this group of elementary or these middle schoolers rising right. freshmen who are like kind of like targeted and like mm-hmm. so we we sympathize with the bullies or we we enjoy watching the bullies but we also sympathize with the students who are being mm-hmm. bullied like we want them to get away yeah but we also kind of like the movie intentionally shows it from both points of view right um so i don't think it's we're supposed to think it's completely bad because to be fair i think that there are a right. lot of like i don't want to say good aspects to the bullying but like Mitch is like welcomed into this high, this group of cool high schoolers, and so is uh whatever the the girl who's welcomed in. She's also like, um, like basically like if you're like cool, if you respond to the bullying in a cool way, then you can hang out. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I mean it's an interesting read on it, and also mm-hmm. we're watching it in 2017, which makes yeah. it a bit difficult. Um, because we're definitely looking at looking at it through a different lens than if we had watched it in '93. No, like I, I wonder. Think... It... Go ahead. I like I, I just wonder if we had watched it in '93 if we would have been like, "Ha, that shit was funny." Um, See, I, I meant I to look. If I'd watched think... it in '93, I'd be like, "Goo goo gaga, I'm a baby." Yeah, I mean, same. But I, I meant to look up Richard Linklater talk about it. I mm-hmm. didn't because I'm bad at research. Um, to see like what his point behind it is like it was it made in 1993 about like the 70s and like yeah which is interesting yeah. which is i think even in 93 he was like looking back at like how messed up things were back then and then how the cyclical nature would leak over to today and like these boys that are getting bullied now are gonna eventually be the bullies and then they're gonna bring up more bullies and i don't know i think that's like very intentional in what the movie's trying to say and at least this part I, of the movie I, I think also I think the honest truth. Go ahead, Mark. I'll, I was just going to say that I think that an argument or to side with the fact that we're not supposed to enjoy it, there is a guy that is going too far. Um, right, Ben right, Affleck's but character, mm-hmm. and like everyone is like, we just kind of do this for fun and we don't take it too seriously, except for him who goes too far, and he's like obviously like getting out his. He he failed senior year, so he's he's mm-hmm. has a second shot at it. So like, he's clearly just getting out his frustration with his life on mm-hmm. the kids. He is literally bullying these people, and for everyone else, it's like a rite of passage. Right, which I don't know. That doesn't necessarily work for me either, because it's kind of like okay, well, we all do it, but he does it more, so he's the actual bad guy. But even though we do it, we just do it a little bit, so we're fine. I don't know. Here's the thing: the honest truth probably lies in the middle of both of our reactions, yeah. um, and uh, which is centrist. fine. Like, I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just like, I mean, we have different reads on it. That's the whole thing. The only thing that makes me think like maybe we would have had a different read on it is other shit like this in the 90s slash late 80s is presenting all this stuff as okay. If you watch some early clerk, surprisingly holds up well, but if you watch other early Kevin Smith shit, there's a lot of gross stuff like this in there. Um, so, so that again, that, clerks that, is the only good Kevin Smith movie. Right. And so, so that's what makes me think like, maybe, maybe you're right, Chad, but also maybe we're looking at it with a new lens, which I mean, it's art. It, changes and evolves and that sort of thing mm-hmm. yada 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 but i don't know it, it's hard f- for me as a kid who grew up like pretty nerdy and not a part of like the jock or the like i mean i was well liked enough in high school i guess but like i still like there's not a character in this that i super relate to and so like that takes me out of it and then just seeing the bullying just rubs me the wrong way and here's the thing i know it's probably i don't know I think it, the girl stuff is the hardest for me to deal with. Agreed. Yeah. Like, it's the hardest to deal with because it's sexual de- degradation. It's mm-hmm. not just like, like, because sure, I, I don't agree with like the like ribbing and like, oh, we're buddies. Let's punch each other. But I do understand that is a thing. And mm-hmm. sure, fine. I, yeah, I, you maybe can win me over on that. The girl stuff's too far. And the, having them presented as like sexual objects for the other guys. Like, I, it's I mean, hard like, for me to stomach as, that. As they're saying it, one of the characters says like, oh, that's so degrading. Like, they're aware that what they're saying is wrong. And Linklater was aware that it's like messed up too. But, like, again, it's just, like, the cyclical nature has made these high schoolers into these, like, worse people than they would have been if they hadn't been influenced by these older, horrible people. And it's just, like, the cycle's never ending. I think that's the point of the movie, whereas, like, yes, it's it's problematic, but, like, intentionally so. I think think that, like... Not only is it cyclical, but these kids are high schoolers, and this is mm-hmm. just—they're just doing what they are told that they're supposed to be doing by their like, yeah, the people around them, and and like the the saddest parts are, like the the most pitied people to me are people like O O'Banion who like shoot like he's gotten out of his system and he's obviously just trying to hurt people, and people like we'll get to Matthew McConaughey's character later, but like he's just living in the past. Mm-hmm. Right. He, yeah. He's like a. He's like twenty. He's in his twenties and still hanging mm-hmm. out with high school seniors. He keeps and it's getting like, older. Yeah, he keeps getting girls, older and stay, stay the, the same, same age. age. Which is See, ugh, that, that gives me yeah, gross, chills gross. and shivers and ah, it's so bad, but so good. Um. Well, so so we need to move on and talk about the other stuff. But I yes. knew we were going to focus on this part the most. Yeah. I, that was the part you I, had the biggest issues with. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing, Chad. I I can accept uh, I can accept your argument as fair. I don't know if I a hundred percent agree on it, but like I, I I do understand where you're coming from, and like I get it. I like at the end of the day, like the our our viewpoint from these are kind of like oh mm-hmm. how we feel about it because it's our favorite things and that sort of thing. So like sure, I could see the merit of it. It's hard for me to watch. I didn't enjoy it, you know. So yeah. like, it, yeah. so it it kind of loses me there, um, in that regard. So I, I, yeah, like your arguments could make sense for like 
the point of it and all. It's still hard for me to stomach. Yes, art should be challenging, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I, I do understand that. But it just, like, eh, it's not for me. It also, like, so I was watching it, and my fiancé was, like, sitting with me and watching the beginning of it and kept looking at me. <laughs> and I was like, no, I know what's happening. Like, I get it. Don't think, like, I, I'm on board with this. Like, yeah, it's not... It's 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 treatment of women is not great. I think even I think yes, even if you argue that that moment is supposed to be bad, there's other moments within the mm-hmm. movie that are like a character that is meant to just be comic relief and is supposed to like like him, which is the stoner guy with the um hat. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Clint Bruno. Yeah. Um, we're supposed to just laugh at him, and he's just kind of a comic relief dude. At one point, calls women. Uh, worthless little bitches and that moment is definitely supposed to be a laugh moment yeah like there's a pause in everything and it's like ah like so the, so those are the moments that it loses me now let's get into the parts of the movies that like a part of the movie that like i actually get a little bit more on board with and find interesting all right let's all right all right let's move on stuff. let's move on Cody, so, hold on. i was just gonna say that the first time i watched this i also like the bullying scene did like ruin the movie for me in a in a way but when i watched everybody wants some it like kind of made me realize what the movie was trying to do outside of that so rewatching because, it i i kind of like was like oh this is like the goal of the movie like the movie because like so when you watch every, everybody wants some you're like oh this movie is like you it the idea it, behind this movie is this which right. is perfected in this movie so what you're yeah so what you're saying is like everybody wants some takes the message that Days and Confused was like trying to convey and the, does the it better the style not the message got it okay okay um let's move on from this so so that's kind of the the beginning part the getting out of school you know we have all of our characters right. um, so then then the second section is kind of them driving around town and hanging out at the Emporium mm-hmm. which is kind of like the hangout spot. Um, during this section, we're introduced to Wooderson, who I think the movie, if the thesis of the movie is like the cyclical nature and how things don't change, they do it best with this character, in my opinion, because Wooderson is yeah. Matthew McConaughey. He's a 20 something. He's still hanging around. He's creeping on high school girls. He's still like reliving the glory days. He was a previous football player, right? Yeah. He yeah. Yeah. They, so, they made comments so, about, um, how the coaches have changed. He says, like, you hit harder than my grandma, and I guess the way he said it changed. Like, she used to be 180 pounds. Now she's 200 pounds. I don't know. Something changed. And Right, right, right. Talk, like, that changed, but he doesn't change. Right. And uh, so, I mean, the, the end of the movie with him is he gets with a high school girl. <laughs> like, um, right. it's kind of where he's left off. Um, that's basically, like, really the only, like, huge part of the middle section well, um there's there's some like cool scenes um so i would say that there's one more important thing that happens because it's the end of the middle middle school middle schooler storyline yeah um yeah. they oh yeah, yeah yeah you're right uh obanian uh ben affleck catches them and like bullies them like too hard so they mm-hmm. team up with mitch who has been with the high schoolers the whole time and they like basically prank Frank O'Banion and like cover him in paint and he gets super fucking mad. Yeah. Uh, and breaks drives his off. paddle on the ground and yeah, drives off. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, so, so, so th- they finally get like revenge over the biggest bully, and they're helped by Mitch, who has kind of like become a part of the older group. So right, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. I know um, for me, go ahead, Jen. For me, Mitch is um, the character I probably most like identified with from high school. Um, mm-hmm. I had an older brother, and with that came like a lot of hanging out with like the older kids. Um, right. And not really like, I, I just think this character is so well written and so well performed that like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Wooderson such says, good hair, such good hair and hell of a shirt. Um, love that. Love that shirt. Um, oh God. anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, Wooderson like asks him like, Hey man, you got to join on you. And he <laughs> says, uh, no, not on me. <laughs> like he's trying to act cool like yeah he might have one on him one day but he doesn't really i just right. totally like remember, he has one back home but not on yeah him. not on, exactly i just totally remember like being a kid and feeling like i had to say the right thing but like like knowing that i'm not like as quote cool as these kids but like i gotta pretend that i am and just right. seeing the way he interacted with all the older kids was why i loved the movie the first time and yeah and then i got a lot more out of it than the second viewing um but who he do was, you you said you related to it in college as well. Who do you relate to in college? Um, I mean, I, I related to Mitch and that in college as well. Just like, you know, getting used to all these older people. I don't know. I guess just like the exposure to like a new world. I r- super related to that in college. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, I remember feeling like uh, Mike. Well, now I'm talking about high school again. I felt like Mike in high school. Just sometimes people would just make me so mad and I just wanted to do what he did and just punch him one time. Um, right. You know, people people pick on people. and yeah. I, I, yeah. I will say that in probably the character that I relate to most is Mitch. Not because of like necessarily his arc, but kind of the nerd's role in this whole thing is like they they decide like let's actually like do something tonight and right. to them doing something is like go to the hangout spot and do what the cool kids are doing and just see what that's like um but but not necessarily participate in it as much as just like still be separate from them and just observe which is always something that like yeah. i have like that's kind of my mode of operation a lot of time just like being in the spot but not doing the thing yeah, no, that, yeah, I think uh, Mike is probably also where I fall on it. If I related to any, I really don't, I think is also part of my problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so uh, they, they end up having a giant kegger in the woods um, is how they end up. Like, so they thought they were going to have a party. They didn't. Now they're having this. We're, we're obviously skipping over a lot of scenes, but we've talked a lot about it. So um, it, it culminates in this big kegger and everybody, I mean, not like small moments happen here and there. We have Mike punch a dude who was an mm-hmm. asshole to him. We have Tony get with a girl that he likes. We have Cynthia get with Wooderson. We have Pink. I don't really know what Pink does. Pink. So, so Pink's plot is... Oh, so yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. He doesn't do anything at this point, but I I right. consider the end of his plot to be in this part of the movie as well. His right. whole we didn't hit on this in the beginning, but he's like the star of the football team. He's the quarterback, mm-hmm. and the 
the coaches have asked all the players to sign this form that says I won't eat or I won't drink or smoke drugs ever while I'm on the football <laughs> <Wow>. team. <laughs> Right. Never, um, never eating right. any drugs ever again. Yeah. <laughs> never yeah. eating any drugs or drinking any drugs. Ever. I don't know. I don't know how drugs work. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what so I'm figuring clear. out. But he's like, he's like, I don't want to sign that, and it's not necessarily because I want to quit football. It's because I don't want to be controlled, and I don't want to be mm-hmm. told what to do. Uh, I hated it, all of this. I thought it was dumb as shit. I mean, it's a little bit dumb. Just but sign I, it. Don't follow it. Just fucking the, sign the, the thing. I think that like his problem isn't like he doesn't mind lying. He doesn't he just doesn't like the idea of someone thinking that they can t- control him. Oh god. I I don't know. I just am not that personality type. So yeah, I, I mean, just was like fuck off. Just I sign don't, it. I don't love this plot line either, but I do love the character of Pink. Yeah, mm. and 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 so his culminates. So they have the kegger. Everybody has their like kind of quiet moments, and then they are like, "Well, the party's over, but we don't want it to end." Which I guess is the whole like, eh, we don't want this feeling of high school to ever end. That sort of thing. So they so they go to a football field, drink on the football field. They get caught by the cops, and their coach bails them out. And instead of being a thankful little boy about his coach bailing him out. Um, Pink takes the pledge and like, r- does he rip it up or does he just like he just throw it? Crumples in the it up face. and throws it in the v- truck. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not sign. I may play football, but I'm not signing this. And the coach looks at him and like, it's just like, well, dang, what am I gonna do? Hey, here's what you're gonna do: fucking not let him play. I don't know. I yeah. just thought it was such a. I I think also I watched. I've watched too much Friday Night Lights, and I just like yeah. am thinking of Coach Eric Taylor. Coach Taylor is the best disciplinarian ever. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! If Eric Taylor had that happen to him, he would have had that guy like buy the shirt and like pushed up against the locker, and he was like, "That's fine, <laughs> like fine, don't sign it, but you are not walking into my field house ever again." You know, so it was just weird <laughs> for like the the uh, what student would ever have that much power over a teacher. I don't know. It, that whole thing felt That's weird who. to me. I didn't. I didn't love that ending of just no consequences. I was like, okay, because yeah, here's Mitch, the thing. Uh, Mitch got no consequences too. He uh, stayed home right. until sun up, and his mom was just like, "Hey, you're, you're good. Just don't don't do that again." Well, his mom is also kind of like, "This is your." The way I took that is get like, you get card. yeah, you get one one night of coming home drunk at 5 a.m. and then after that are consequences and that's kind of what I got from Pink's storyline as well like he didn't have any consequences the moment that he threw the paper in there but like if there was a sequel called like Days and Contused um, Jesus Christ uh, it would probably open with him him being kicked out of the football team yeah, I yep. which true. I and I think maybe that's another one of the struggles for my mo- or for for me with this movie is because the the point Chad you make about like that it is actually about the cyclical nature and how like this shit is kind of like they're just doing the same things over and mm-hmm. it's kind of bad and they're kind of being assholes. If they had consequences, I think like I would get that more. Like I don't see it right now because they're just let off scot-free and it's like hunky-dory at the end, you know, which is like, fine. That's what the movie chooses to do. Like, I respect that. But like, I think that message would have like been nailed harder a bit. Nailed harder is not a good phrase, but, um, (laughs) well, it wasn't um, a bad phrase until you pointed out how bad of a phrase it was. Right. Exactly. But, but, but I think like, 
it, it would have hit home with me a little bit more if it was mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, you can choose to be this, but there are consequences. But but the movie kind of exists in a world where there isn't. I don't know. Well, I guess I, I guess the consequences are Wooderson. I, I I guess that that's the thing is like, yeah, no, there's or, no immediate consequences, but you become Wooderson, or you I, become so I, the coach, and you're still like trying to control people who are smaller than you. I think mm-hmm. that okay, the, interesting. The the idea there is that like in high school there aren't really any lifelong consequences. Like if you're kicked off the high school football team, then that's fine. You just won't play a year of high school football, and you'll go to college and reset. Um, yeah, maybe. But the yeah. the scariest consequence, or like the reason that Wooderson is so sad, is because he's still living his life moment to moment and not thinking about his future per se. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like that's fine if you're in high school and you have the ability to kind of get off scot free on a lot of stuff. But once you're in, once you're an adult, you do have to, you know, get your shit locked up. And it is extent. a movie so interested in the character's future. Like, I mean, we're talking about the freshmen and they're going to grow up to be the seniors. And then the seniors are like saying, Hey man, the eighties are going to be better than the seventies. We'll all be in our twenties and everything will be awesome. Um, well, they are right. The eighties are better. There's synth music. There's like lots of cool pop. There's lots Cody, of bright colors. E. Cody, you have comes out in the eighties. You have to watch everybody. <laughs> wants some because there is so much good music in that. There's a scene where they're, where a bunch of people, there's five people in a car singing along to Rapper's Delight, and it's my favorite scene, maybe ever. Speaking um, of music, can we talk about talk the about, soundtrack? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay I was about this to is, bring this up, because I'm... Okay, go you first. Yeah, this is one criticism I do have of the movie, is having oh, thank the God. most thank obvious God. soundtrack ever Holy made. shit. School's out for summer, are you kidding me? <laughs> Don't put that in Chad. your movie. I, no joke, have written in my notes... Hold on, let me find it so I can read it exactly. Well, there's low rider and some slow pretty ride. Obvious, some pretty obvious needle drops. So, like, when they're, like, bullying the kids, you know what song plays? Why can't we be friends? Hey. <laughs> good. Shit, you're right. <laughs> like, they're, yeah, so, yeah, I'm they're, so glad you They're driving that, to low rider and to slow ride. Um, the movie ends with I wanna, people riding off to slow I want to rock yeah. and roll all night as they're driving to the party. Um, yeah, school's out, school's out for summer. summer as school is getting out yeah. for summer. It's so on the nose. Yes. But like, okay. I kind of kind love that, though. Yeah. A part of me does. Uh, part of me rolls my eyes pretty well, hard But, like, it. 70s music wasn't subtle. Not fair, I guess. It's not I like guess. they were. It's not like they were writing a musical and they put those songs in there. Like they, those songs were written for those exact feelings, right? Yeah, I guess these yes. these students growing up at this time, they would totally listen to that song as they're driving to the party. Yeah, they totally listen to "Schools Out for Summer" as the bells ringing, and they're like, "When I was in, yeah, schools out when forever." I in, when I was in sixth grade. Like my whole class broke out in schools out for summer at the end of the school year. I yeah, don't know why. I had, All of the I teachers of hated us. Too. Yep. But like um, that shit happens. Well, here's here's the thing though. I guess kind of my like uh, maybe I think maybe the difference is I if it was songs that I loved, I might not have been so annoyed by it. But it's like mm-hmm. these songs have become so super obvious now is part of it too. Um Yeah. Definitely placed at obvious moments. Like, I'm actually, like, super excited that you also picked up on that. Because that's one thing I noticed by, like, song two and was like, 
oh boy. But I don't but know. But like I think... them, them playing low rider and kind of like being high in a car is like perfect though. Well, here's the thing, and maybe this is me watching it in 2017, where, like, if you're a cool kid, you listen to cool music that isn't necessarily the pop music. You you listen Um, to Wiz Khalifa when you're smoking that kush. Well, but not even that, not even that, because that would be too obvious. Like, all the cool kids would listen to something else. I... I speak from experience as somebody who loves pop music. And so everybody, all the cool kids are like, why the fuck do you like that? Haven't you listened to this band from Bonnaroo? So, so I guess that's the like lens that I'm looking at it from is if you're a cool kid, you're listening to cool music. Mm -hmm. And this music is kind of the dorkiest. It would be, it would be the music on pop radio. And so I think that's why it's so like, it seems so blatantly. I obvious. think it seems but dorky we, we, now because your dads are listening yeah, to classic rock, but it did not maybe. seem. Yeah. Alice Cooper was not dorky back in nineteen. No, fair, yeah, fair, fair. The cool fair. kids at the end of the movie are buying Aerosmith tickets. I know, I know th- yeah. that. Th- and and again, I think that's my twenty seventeen lens because the cool kids now would be buying tickets to. Some band that I've heard like two songs of because I don't follow music a lot. Like they'd be buying like Cold War Kid m- music or whatever. Exa- yeah, and so I know that so, reference is old. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, like I don't know. They'd be buying Carly Rae Jepsen CDs, right? Um, that's all I got. But here's the, the other thing: I listen to in 2017, every car has like a Bluetooth hookup to right, Spotify. True, true and true. you couldn't put like a. 12 inch record in a fucking car like right they were yeah. listening to the they radio got the radio mm-hmm. right no yeah i i recognize that i'm accepting that as a 2017 lens but it also is a movie where they could have selected whatever music mm-hmm. they wanted and it they is, did go with the most obvious it's choices real obvious real silly kind of in an endearing way but kind of in an eye roll way i don't know yeah i think it, what's it, crazy about it that to the me, songs are playing but yeah i agree go ahead mark What's craziest about it to me, and I'm looking up the actual stats here, um, it had a $6.9 million budget, and I think $6.8 million of that went to the music. Oh, God. I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all very popular songs. I bet the licensing was expensive as shit. Yeah. Wait, what, well, was, okay, the, what this... was the budget of this movie? 6.9. Nice, 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 nice. I think you um, mean nine points. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, this is actually a good time to transition into like our trivia, like reception uh, section, because well, since we're talking about music, apparently the original concept for this movie was to be just one car ride listening to a ZZ Top album. Hey, movies? No, thank you. I don't want that for any band ever. I don't want that to be a movie. What if it was a Carly Rae Jepsen album? I love Carly Rae Jepsen. That'd be a bad movie. But what if um, it was a really cool car ride? What? How? I don't know. How? Like maybe the characters come to realize the cyclical nature of high school and um, bullying just want car being ra- bad. Like, I don't know. I think maybe if if it was blasting Carly Rae Jepsen and the car that they were riding in was Bumblebee from Transformers and he was transforming into a robot fighting as they stayed in the car and then he turned back into the car and they just kept going, maybe. Um, hey, Cody, can we write Transformers 7? 
well, I mean, they're doing spinoff movies now, Chad. We can do whatever the fuck we want, I think. Cool. We can just go play. Bumblebee, you know? One Last Ride is what it, the title Here's is. Here's the thing. There is a Bumblebee spinoff movie coming out that is set in the 80s, which is very con- confusing uh, to me. I'm convinced that the only reason they did that is so it can be a trilogy that ends with Bumble 3. Like, they were like, Bumble 3, oh, that's something. We need to make a, <laughs> we need to make two more before we can do that, though. Bumblebee? <laughs> Um, so I don't know. That seems like a bad idea to me. I don't know about you guys. That does I mean, not seem like a movie for me. Uh, the, the Bumblebee thing or the, the, <laughs> the Top No, Bumblebee thing. does Both. seem like a movie for me. Um, just kidding. The Transformers movies, no, the, even though I will go see them in theaters every time because I go to the movies for everything. They're trash movies. Hey, remember how in the last one it was revealed that Harriet Tubman uh, created the Underground Railroad to help Transformers? Because that no, was a I thing that I don't remember happened. that because I didn't see it like a good human I being. haven't seen any since Transformers 2. Like, I haven't should've. seen any since Transformers 1. Isn't um, that an insane thing to happen in a movie, though? That's pretty insane, but that makes me want to <laughs> watch the movie more than just like a sixth Transformers movie. Well, that's pretty bad shit. Don't don't waste your time. Uh, anyway, um, Cody, what, can I give so, you a shot by shot breakdown of the original pitch of this movie? Uh, well, we're running pretty late on time. I promise. It, I it. promise it won't take long to literally walk through the pitch shot by shot. Okay. Shot. This is from the Wikipedia page. Shot one. They put the album in the car. Shot two. Them in the car. Oh, Roll credits. It is a two shot movie. No, thank you. Yeah, that I'm, sounds I'm like a worse movie than than the one that we saw. <laughs> I, I agree. I'm not the biggest fan of this movie, and, and hey, I agree that this ZZ movie Top is kinda, a lot worse. ZZ Top kind of rules, but like that sounds yeah, like a worse movie. Yeah, I like movie. ZZ Top. Yeah, yeah every like girl's ZZ crazy Top about ZZ Top. Cheap, yeah, everyone. Cheap, cheap sunglasses reference. <laughs> um, Mark, tell us about the reception of this movie. Um, it did all right. Like I said, it's six point nine million dollar budget. It made nice, eight, nice, 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 nice. It made eight million dollars. That is, I you said it did well, Mark. I think you're wrong. I mean, it was it was well received critically. This was '93 mm-hmm. when independent movies didn't really get a wide distribution. It made yeah, its budget enough. plus one point one million. I wouldn't mind one point yeah. one million dollars in my pocket. Well, it depends on how much they spend on advertising, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not a lot of money. Um, I mean, it's not, but for an independent movie directed by a guy making his second feature, that's like that's yeah. not bad, and it has ninety one percent of Rotten Tomatoes. And I read a bunch of like of the contemporary reviews, and like they lo- like Roger Ebert gave it like three and a half stars out of four, and a bunch right. of people gave it like really really good reviews. Roger Ebert uses four stars instead of five. That's that's yeah. hard for me to handle. His uh, his website still does that. <laughs> Like it's, what it's the fuck, lot. Raj? Just add another star. <laughs> it's very confusing for me. Um, anyway, um, I will say about this movie, I thought it was pretty well acted, well cast. We've got lots of people in it who weren't huge at the time, but then would become huge. Matthew McConaughey is the obvious one, as well as Ben Affleck. Yeah, um, so Matthew McConaughey wasn't cast in this movie he was just at a bar, and the bartender was like, hey, that's the casting director. And he walked up and talked to him and got a role. That's the most Matthew McConaughey shit possible. Like, the only thing that could be more Matthew McConaughey is if that didn't happen and he just wandered in front of the camera and started saying some stuff. And right, exactly. <laughs> he just put it in the movie. Apparently, right. so, like, p- 
part of the reason his role was so big is because Kevin Pickford, who like the guy who was going to have the party at his house and his parents caught him, um, the entire cast hated that actor. Interesting. Hmm. So he was going to have a bigger role, and then like he literally got in fistfights with people. Oh, jeez. And so like the the director, Richard Linklater, was like, all right, so maybe not you, and Matthew McConaughey <laughs> is amazing, so let's right. just do more of this. Right. And, um, and at, when he run that by Matthew McConaughey, he said, all right. <laughs> he was like, okay, okay, okay. Oh, God. I sometimes wonder about you, too. Um, there's some other actors in this that aren't as huge. Adam Goldberg, who I always think is the guy who created the show, The Goldbergs, but that's a different Adam Goldberg. (laughs) And then there's an Adam Goldberg who always yells at Harmontown, um, which is a different Adam Goldberg. Um, that's a very inside podcast reference for some of you people. This has Um, been Goldberg Watch. (laughs) Goldberg Watch. Uh, Mila Jovovich is also in this. Um, she doesn't really have a huge part in this, but she ends up being in every fucking Resident Evil movie. Um and it, then she's Renee like the, Zellweger. She's the meanest nerd, right, Milla? E- I mean what? the meanest the meanest bully. I don't know why I said nerd. She picks on the freshman the most. No, that's no, that's, that's Parker that's that's Parker Posey. Uh oh. Milla Milla is um she's the one hanging out with a long haired dude, uh with a beanie. Um, um, in the right, room. right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. She was the biggest actor going into this, like in terms of That's like the role insane. she had had. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, she had been in like uh, Chaplin. Oh, uh, okay. Well, actually, Ben Affleck had been in stuff as well. Yeah, but like ben no Affle- one had, no one was a big name at all. Mark, in your notes, you have written that Ben Affleck was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Is Ben Affleck in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie? Yes, but I think like probably like 15th build. Oh, but like of all the, the Ben Affleck movies, that's that's one of the two that you put in our notes. No, okay. Well, that's that's the stuff he had been in. Oh, he this. had been in stuff. God. Yes, 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 yes. If you notice after this, I say he will soon be in Kevin Smith's stuff, Goodwill Hunting, and then I didn't want to list his entire fucking resume. I mean, right, at least mention Daredevil and Bats v. Soups. Jesus, his two. Not, well, okay. I was about to say Argo, his two worst. His Oscar? <laughs> no, I was not about Argo. To say his, don't mention that. I was about to say Daredevil, Bats v. Soups, where his two worst roles, except he's not actually bad as Batman. That's just a shit movie. What What do you guys think also is the best? Also, Oh, Geely. Fuck, that movie's bad. Um, what do you guys think is the best Ben Affleck uh, performance? Because um, to me, there's Hollywood really only Land? one answer. Mm, I, I mean, don't think that's right. Performance? Chad. This one? No, yeah, it's he's go- really it, good in this one. He's very good. He is really good, good in this one. He's really good in this one. It's Gone Girl. It's 100% oh, Gone Girl. Oh, I haven't Gone seen Girl's that because really I haven't good. finished the book yet. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, Gone Girl's so fucking good, and he is incredible in it because he's kind of playing up his Ben Affleckness, his kind of like charmingness, but like you yeah. can see maybe he's a dick. And that's what the whole movie is like built around is kind of the Ben Affleck persona to a degree, which is pretty fascinating, which I don't think Ben Affleck is actually an asshole, but like he has that perception around him sometimes. Um, And the movie plays with it very interestingly. Hey, Ben Affleck, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't think you're an asshole. Yeah, me either. Hey, speaking Um, of Ben Affleck, let's talk about people who are almost in this movie. Vince Vaughn was almost that character. Wait, one more thing about... that's oh, crazy. 
he would have ruled. He would have been so yeah. good. I, I, this was at a weird time when Vince Vaughn wasn't actually doing comedies, which is bizarre to think about. But um, he's kind of an obvious choice, I think, for this role. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, Linkleader said you like you want to cast the appealing person, not the guy who is like is scary to begin with. Yeah, I mean Vince Vaughn would play like Norman Bates not long after this, so you know. Um, and then you guys want to hear other people that were almost in this movie? Wait, can I tell Chad one Ben Affleck fact about Gone Girl? You can tell him one Ben Fact Fleck. You see his Johnson in it. You see his Hell big old yes. dong. I am putting in the it. book down tonight, and I'm <laughs> popping in that Blu-ray, son. I want to see it, that bat dong. It is. It is a. <laughs> A single frame of bat dong, but it's there. And it, hey, I'm gonna tell you, the camera is drawn to it. It <laughs> takes up a frame. It takes up the whole frame. And it, I don't think it does, but it, like, it I don't know. Not. You see, is it. the camera drawn it. to it, or is Cody's eye? I, I mean, it's all, it's all of our eyes. I but, mean, well, not we, mine. We, I haven't we, seen the film, but right when you when you see Ben Affleck's little Ben just pop up, you're like, wow, I need to pay attention. Um. Anyway, Mark, <laughs> give us other, other actors. actors that were almost this is a in fun this. game we like to play. Um, this is from the Wikipedia page. They don't have a ton listed, but there are some interesting ones. For example, uh, Claire Danes. She probably well. Um, hmm. She would. She's super young at this point because um, this is before Romeo plus Juliet and shit like that. So maybe she was meant to play like the younger girl. Um. Maybe I don't. They they literally doesn't tell you who's playing. Right, who. right, right, right. I mean, um, I'm just guessing, but based on her age and stuff, because she was young when she did Romeo plus Juliet. Um, anyway, next. Um, Elizabeth Berkeley from Saved by the Bell. Is she the one who ends up going to be in Showgirls, or is that yes, the, that uh, is her. That is her one. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Okay, I was. She probably would have been the Parker Posey role. I wasn't paying attention what? to any of this because I was uh, Google image searching Ben Affleck's dick, and you do see it. <laughs> that is good to know. <laughs> I mean, I knew. I've seen the movie. I also I'm like you know. It's it's there. Uh, yeah, and um, the eye is drawn for sure. <laughs> uh, Mark, Other, who else? Uh, Mira Sorvino, who, uh, according to Wikipedia, has an Oscar for a Woody Allen movie. Yeah, I know who she is, I think, but I couldn't tell you anything she's been in. Um, Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston is the office space dude, right? Yes. Yeah, who is he so going to be? Pro- or do we know? It, I don't know. He could have yeah, been pink, probably, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, he probably, yeah, he does have kind of a pink vibe. I, he, he's one of the one of the seniors, surely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they actually do say that Renee Zellweger almost had the Parker Posey role. Interesting. You you claim Renee Zellweger is in this movie, and she I know that's an, because she actually is. I could not tell you where she, she is. She has an movie. uncredited cameo, meaning Insane. she is barely in this movie. Is she just at the I, keg party or something? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, could not tell you. Um, okay, so let's wrap it up. Let's do our final thoughts on the movie. Mark, What kind of like walk me through. Uh, how, do, how do you feel? I... I like this movie. I like the feeling of this movie more than I like this movie. I like like kind of the the tone it sets and how relaxed it is. Uh, it feels really realistic, even though it's not necessarily an experience that I've had. 
It feels like a world that's lived in and all of these characters are are like really fleshed out and realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't get a whole lot out of this movie. Like I don't necessarily emotionally connect to any of the character Mm -hmm. arcs too much. Right. Um, And that's kind of its weak point for me, but I, I don't think that that's the movie's fault as much as it's just like, it's not, there just isn't something for me to latch on to. Right. I I would say I I'm not the biggest fan of this movie. I I, I think it's a well-made movie. I think it's a well-written movie. I don't like the plot necessarily, but like I think it comes from a strong writer. Um I think acting-wise and casting-wise it is actually like pretty pitch perfect. And the vibe thing I definitely like pick up on and I think um once I get through that rough patch in the beginning, the vibe for the second and third parts Mm-hmm. I, I I like that it creates a vibe. Um, it is not necessarily the type of movie that I necessarily love. Um, I can recognize its strengths, but there, there's just too... I don't know. I, I, I will be very interested to watch Everybody Wants Some to see this movie made more mm-hmm. efficiently and with like a steadier hand. Because um, yeah. I, I think the idea there is good. I just there's a lot of baggage contained within it for me that is hard for me to get through. Um, I would say like over, like I think on Letterboxd, I gave it like a two and a half out of five or something like that. Maybe three. I can't remember. You but give it that's where that, that's kind of where it falls for me. It, it's fine. I, I, I see, I can see why people would love it. I don't think it's for me, which I don't think is that big of a deal. Not every movie is for every person. Um, and I think this is one that's just not for me, but I can see why people would love it. If that makes sense. Yeah. And Chad, and I, you picked it. Yeah. I love this movie. Um, I think it's one of those rare movies that like outlines, um, just a flawed human nature really well, but like it does so in a way that's not like just a downer Disgusting. the whole time. Like it's not, it, it's, it's, you're not. Yeah, it's not disgusting. It's you know, it's not a downer the whole time. You actually feel like the joys of life alongside the the bad. And yeah, I like it. I love the characters. I relate to it in a lot of different ways. Um, and yeah, I think it's a great movie. So now we get into the difficult part of the podcast, um, which you guys, this is the first time we'll do this because this is the first time we've pitted a movie against right. another one. Um, so previously up until this point, we had decided Jurassic Park was the best movie of 93. Now we have to decide Mm -hmm. between Days and Confused and, uh, Jurassic Park, which one is the best movie of the, of 93. It's a lot of tension here because no one knows Chad or Cody's votes unless they (laughs) listen to the rest of this episode. It's, uh... Yeah, Dinosaurs versus Teenagers, which, if that were a movie in 1993, probably would have been my pick. Yeah, but <laughs> probably would have been. Uh, uh, but Cody, me, what, 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 yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear your Yeah, for, for me, obviously, it's, it's going to be Jurassic Park. I Jurassic Park is a movie that I can pop in at any point, and it, like, it, it is good always. Mm-hmm. It puts me in a good mood. It has thrills. Um I love all the characters in that one. Um, I'm also a big Spielberg fan, and it definitely has that Spielberg hand on it. And it, it it's just, 
it's kind of a comfort food movie, but I think the connotation with comfort food movies is they're kind of bad. Jurassic Park isn't. Like, mm-hmm. it's incredibly made. It's thrilling. It's it's big, which I know, like, that kind of sounds weird, but it, it, it just, it feels big, but it doesn't feel, because um, there's lots of movies that are big, but don't have heart behind them, and Jurassic Park, to me, like, really has heart and that sort of thing. It's just... It's got dinosaurs and Mr. DNA is in it, and you know, oh, like man, he Mr. is the DNA, best character right. ever. Dinosaurs, uh, dinosaurs, and you know it's it's I don't know it, it's definitely Jurassic Park for me. Um, and I think the other thing we need to let audiences know or the audience know, um, during this part since this is the first time we've ever that we've ever done it we promise we're not just going to pick our own movie every time if we watch one that we haven't seen before and legitimately think is better we are going to vote for that it's just i mean in this case i think jurassic park is the better of the two just wait for the next episode where i don't vote for the fugitive (laughs) well well way to get people to listen shit 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 they everyone else might well, I I haven't seen The Fugitive. Legitimately, I haven't it either. Seems so great. I love even Harrison if you Ford. don't, even if you don't vote for it, maybe Cody and I do. Who knows? <laughs> I actually, yeah, who knows? It's been a, it's been like ten years since I've seen The Fugitive, so we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, so Chad, yeah, what's your thought? So I don't disagree with anything you said about Jurassic Park. It's a wonderful movie. Um, very well made. We talked about that a lot. Yes, uh, last pod, last episode, not yesterday. Mm-hmm. Last episode, uh, just all the things we love about it, special effects-wise, performance-wise. Um, I would say it's only downfall where Days and Confused succeeds for me is it's kind of, and this isn't like anything against the movie because it's not like trying to be more than it is. It's a little like right. simplistic and it's like what I get out of it. It's basically at the end of the day, it's like don't hate kids and humanity prevails and that's awesome. But yeah. I just... Days and Confused is a more dense and I guess important movie for me. I guess I like relate to it more and get more out of it, especially on a second viewing. Like I kind of want to watch it again in a year or two uh, and see what yeah. I get out of it then. Um, so I'm going to say Days and Confused for my vote. Interest, interesting. Because um, I don't know. For me, like Jurassic Park, I get a lot more out of it because it's like, but but I don't know. It's just the type of movies I like. Here's my counterpoint, though. Maybe, Chad. Sure. How about the music in Jurassic Park versus the music in Days and Confused? Mm. I can't sing along to. Well, I, I'm, I'm a yes. No, we wrote a song, Jess. Right, so right. in a dino, we like yeah, it's there. But slow ride um, by Foghat. But mm. I'm a dinosaur. The dinosaur song from Jurassic Park. Mm, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. The music in Jurassic Park is better. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. As we said at the beginning of the cast, we're not music boys. Or movie boys. That's true. Mm, that is that's true. true. That is established. Um, but yeah, no, that's fair. That's Chad's vote, Mark. Um, this is. Well, I'm really stressed out right now. Just so everyone listening knows, I am the deciding vote here. So I'm yeah, just wait, take but, my take my time. Uh, wait, but bef- before Mark, let me say one more thing. I think Cody, my mind is made up. You're not going to convince me. No, I know. I just, I just want to say one more thing. That I think. Th- part of the difficulty I'm definitely having with Jurassic Park versus everything else is like Jurassic Park is pretty high on my list. Just the favorite movies of all time, you know, not only just like favorite movie of this particular year, it's pretty fucking high up there for me. 
I don't yeah. know if it's a top tenner because it's hard for me to rank movies. Um, but God, it's high up there. Anyway, sorry, Cody. That's why there that. are two uh, two uh, of us that can vote against you. Right. No. Um. I... So I think it's it's really hard to compare a movie as big as Jurassic Park with a movie as small as Daisy Confused. Like yes, both in terms of like budget and in mm-hmm. terms of scale and in terms of message and in terms of like the actors and in terms of the the impact like they're literally right. like in in the same way that um uh Jurassic Park kind of redefined uh blockbusters and CGI like Richard Linklater is super important in terms of like bringing the independent movie world together and like he's one of the the first him and like um Kevin Smith, uh, our boy Kevin. I'm sorry, Kevin. Um, they, <laughs> this is me making it up to him. Um, he like they kind of together brought an independent voice to to movies and like making movies yourself without a huge studio influence, and that's really important. I but would say Tarantino is probably Tarantino as well. In that yeah, regard. I mean, during during this. The mid '90s is where the, the right, independent right, right. movie boom happened, uh, due right. to the availability of digital video and that kind of stuff. And um, now, hot take: the independent movie uh, market is not exactly what people think it is. I've read an article; it's very interesting. Independent movies are not as independent as people think. Anyway, just the interesting thing I read: how they're actually like funded by like small studios that are owned by like bigger i don't know yeah. why i brought up this diversion i just yeah, saw hey, that neither recently do I. neither do i <laughs> sorry hey, hey. Or, sorry mark mark yeah what, what's your favorite movie even well it's a, no here's what i'm doing i'm scared about what mark is gonna say and i'm trying to delay it like i'm terrified here's what anyway. i'm doing hey mark i'm doing i'm okay I know either how scared, way i know how scared cody is so i'm delaying it so that he won't get the satisfaction of hearing that i'm picking jurassic park <laughs> oh thank goodness I, I think that Jurassic Park is a movie that comes together in a way that uh, Days and Confused never really does. I think there's, like, kind of a cohesiveness to it. I talked last week about how I don't really love the Nedry storyline, uh, mm-hmm. which I still don't. But um, I think that, like, thematically it all kind of comes together in a way that I don't necessarily get from Days and Confused. Because, like... Yes, we talk about Days of Confused being about the cyclicalness of life, but it's also about, like, I, I think that there are a lot of different things that's trying to say, and none of them come across super clearly to me in the way that, like, everybody wants some definitely has one one message that's kind of pondered mm-hmm. on throughout the movie. Again, I think uh, Everybody Wants Some is my favorite movie from 1993. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that seems to be what you're landing on. Um Okay, so that's our votes. Um, uh, we'll declare in a minute. But first, um, Mark, you want to tell us about the movie that we're watching um, next week? Because it's your pick for the best movie of 1993. Um, next week, we are watching... Or in two weeks. Two weeks. Yes. Uh, in two weeks, I'm sorry, we are watching everybody's favorite Blade Runner run away from everybody's <laughs> favorite Harvey Dent. That's right. We're watching The Fugitive featuring uh, Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, Harrison Ford is a man who is possibly falsely accused of killing his own wife, who escapes mm-hmm. from the law and is chased down by uh, U.S. Marshal Tommy Lee Jones. 
and he's trying to find a one-armed man is yeah, what something Harrison like Ford is trying to do. Yeah. Um, it's based on a old TV show. I'm actually pretty excited. I've heard great things about this movie legitimately, and I've never seen it. Um, I'm always excited to watch the movies that I haven't seen that you guys uh, pick. So, um, I'm pretty yeah, excited TLJ about that actually one. won an Oscar for this. So, really, I think so. Interesting. Interesting. Well, the, uh, so the other thing we should point out, um, which I guess we can get into it more for the fugitive. Uh, the Fugitive was nominated for Best Picture, which neither mine or because Jurassic Park wasn't correct. Was I not. don't know. I don't think it was. And then Days and Confused definitely wasn't. This was so back Mark, in the this was back in the era of five picture nominees. Right. So Marks is going to be the first pick that is actually even considered for an Oscar, which is interesting. Yeah, um, suck it. Considered by the <laughs> Academy. But right, we're we right. have different yeah, considerations. Right, exactly. Because we choose from our heart. Um, okay, so if you want to find us, if you want to like talk to us about, if you thought I just was a complete idiot for liking um, dinosaurs, for not, right, for liking dinosaurs and not liking um, um, Days and Confused that much, or if you think like Chad should like embrace his inner kid and just play with his dinosaur. toys you can join our best pictures facebook group you just search best pictures facebook group that's what it's called uh we have lots of lively discussion in there the other day we had a gif contest of what people's favorite dinosaur was well Um, it didn't start out as a a gif contest cody wanted legitimate (laughs) answers and then the rest of us just posted dinosaur gifs right Um, i loved it we, we posted dinosaur gifs um, but yes, continue. All right. Well, <laughs> we're not waging that war. Um, so it's a good place to be if you you get. Uh, it's, you sorry, just... it's a it's a good place to be. Anyway, um, <laughs> so you can um, talk about the movies there with other people who are watching them, um, and you can also discuss our episodes there. You also should follow us on Twitter. Um, do you think it's at Best Pictures? Because it's not. Um, it's at We Pick Picks. W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S because we pick best pictures and best pictures was taken. And we Uh, like to be difficult to find on social media. Right. We really don't, but there wasn't a lot of options for us. Um, And we thought that was like cute, I guess. Um, So you should definitely follow us on Twitter. We tweet funny things out um, like... Uh, happy birthday to Sam Neill because Mark shit on his career last episode. Um, Look, he's in Guardians of Gahul, and I know that's not the name, Elisha. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so follow us on that. You can follow us on our personal accounts at Cody Lunsford underscore for my Twitter and Instagram, Chad. I am at Chad A. Oliver on Twitter and Instagram and uh, used to be Vine. R.I.P. R.I.P. Mark, uh, that's uh, that's Tarzan's least favorite noise. Rip vine. That's uh, that'd be George at the jungle. <laughs> Tarzan also swings on vines. Yeah, but like oh. Tarzan's not gonna rip a vine and fall to the ground like an idiot. All right, whatever. Um, uh, you can follow me at Wellington Mark on Twitter. I think my name is like Mark zero zero one four on Letterboxd. I also write for a website called Talk Film Society. What was the last thing I wrote for there? I forgot, but I was really proud of it. Oh, the it wrestler. About the wrestler. Yes. Uh, yeah, that movie is great. It is a great I movie. I read Mark's. Uh, yeah, I read Mark's article. It was a very good article. Um, you also can follow me and Chad on Letterbox. We have lists that uh, 
have the movies that we watch for these, uh, and so you can see our thoughts. So yeah, dumb I need to definitely follow us on Letterbox. I need um, to make that list now that you got me thinking about it. Yep, that, that, li- yeah. that list will be uh, name is what you think it is. Mine, Cody's. Oh, I don't know what mine is. Just search Cody Lunsford, and I will show up. I promise. I don't know how to find people on Letterboxd, but we'll talk about it after the podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about that after the podcast. You just search our names, and you'll find us. Um, Cody U R C underscore Luns ninety three. That makes sense. Luns is with a Z. Um, that was my rapper name. Uh, C underscore Luns O U N Z ninety three on Letterboxd. Uh, you can see all my funny opinions. Um. If you think I'm funny, um, I think that's it for our plugs and etc. Um, so we're gonna end the show out now. Um, hey, oh, hey! I also wanted to say that when this podcast comes out, I will be in Austin, Texas, for Fantastic Fest. Yes, which me and Chad are excited about because we're mm. gonna live vicariously through. Mostly, you. mostly jealous, but yeah, excited yeah. for you. You're going to see a bunch of movies that you can tell us about, which is cool. So um, very excited about that because there's a lot of genre films at Fantastic Fest, right? Yeah. 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 It's like a mostly genre focused festival, I think. Perfect. Right up my alley. Okay. Mark, what's the best picture of 1993? Um, I'm going to say Jurassic Park. Hey, Chad, what's the best picture of 1993? Oh, oh, oh. Yes, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you hear my question? Oh, uh, no. I'm ne- going to need you to repeat it. What's the I best picture of 1993? <laughs> the best picture of 1993 is Jurassic Park. Hey, Cody. What up? New phone. Who dis? <laughs> uh, it's Chad, your podcast co-host. Oh, oh, what's up, w- Chad? What's the best picture of 1993? Um, well, um, uh, life uh, finds a way to <laughs> discover what the no, best it's, movie No, it's more is. like life <laughs> finds <laughs> a way. Um, the best movie of 1993 is Jurassic Park. This has been Best Pictures. And remember, gotta keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. And yep, um, hit record just like jo- jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt, Jor- Jordan Gorson Levitt. <laughs> Cody, so that, Cody, that was Cody, go take a lap. Go take a lap. <laughs> Do you, hey guys, have you seen this hot new movie starring Jorson? Jorson? <laughs> have you guys? You, get, you know what my favorite Joseph Gordon Levitt is? It's a lorper. <laughs> My favorite part of Dark Knight Rises is w- when Jordan <laughs> Jordan goes to Revit. It's revealed that his real name is Bob and Brake. No, it's Warbin. Uh, do you guys think that Joseph Gorbert Lebert is going to be in the new Star Wars? <laughs> because uh, Ron Johnson is, is directing it. Thank God Trevor Carmar <laughs> isn't directing him anymore. Have you guys seen Dorn Jorn? Uh, <laughs> My favorite part of Dornjorn is when Jarlet Scars uh, is, is is in it. Guys, we really need to start recording. I'm in a premium rush. <laughs> have, have you guys ever seen Roar Throg from the 
bun. <laughs> All right, we well, this is gonna take us four hundred doors of Shermer <laughs> to record. <laughs> It's very bad what we're doing right now. It's just a bad thing. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> just, just imagine it. Just imagine it. it's 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 an award show, okay? And we're told this is the hottest <laughs> new actor, and they're like, um, joining us on the red carpet is is Jordan goes of Revit. <laughs> Oh god, Cody, did you did someone put this in your head like it was an insertion? <laughs> oh god. Uh, oh man. Oh. That was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> it wasn't even in the podcast. Edwin Schnorden. My favorite part of of Jedrin Shorten is when um. Well, I don't even know what that movie is. Shorten. Shorten. It's when he's oh, he plays Edwin. Edwin Shorten. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a Bissell Waller. (laughs) God damn it! What's the movie where he walks across across the twin (laughs) towers? I think it's called Wanamire or something. No, that's the that's the documentary about it. It's just called the work. Oh yeah, the work. <laughs> There's no need to record a podcast episode. Uh, like, we've got. Can this. we just start making a podcast about Joseph Gordon River? <laughs> Jordan oh, goes to private. You um, know what? You know who Joseph Gordon River reminds me of. <laughs> A young Bruce <laughs> Rourke. <laughs> I, I love. I love that we also have different ways of making the nonsense names because I'm like trying to flip letters around, and Mark just like marble mouse. In the I just middle. I just marble mouth it, yeah. And I just add or to everything. <laughs> right. Okay. Dorn Oof, that was. That was that was good, except there will be no fucking context for it, so it's not like you can drop it in anywhere. I mean, why uh, did you try like, to say his name in the first place? Because uh, uh, Chad said hit record, which is oh, his, yeah. like, his site. Hurt record. God, okay. Four <laughs> minutes into this one. Okay, four minutes That's into Jesus the restart Christ. after the ten-minute one. Okay, cool. Okay, we're good. We're good at uh, this, guys. Okay. For real. We're rolling now. Okay, ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs>